I'm Julia Gerlach, Managing Editor of No-Till Farmer. Thanks for listening today to episode number one of a brand new project that's been in the works for the past several months. I'm here with Frank Lesseter, Editor of No-Till Farmer, to announce this exciting new project. So, Frank, don't keep us in suspense. Tell us about this new project. What's it all about? Well, it's a new series of uh, podcasts for No-Till Farmer, and they're going to run in the opposite weeks of our regular No-Till podcast, which we've been doing for a couple years. And it's going to be called No-Till Farmer Podcast Influencers and Innovations in the No-Till Field. And we've already uh, secured about six months of sponsorship for this program, so we're already off and running. And I've got a couple episodes already put to good use and ready to release them. Oh, wonderful. So tell me about some of the influencers and innovations that you'll be discussing in the series. Well, influencers, when we did the history book of no-till from Maverick to Mainstream, there's 43 no-till legends from uh, the U.S., and then there's 11 more around the world. And these people have really had a tremendous impact on the growth of no-till around the world. We're going to talk about some old standbys. We're going to talk about some new innovations, a number of things, vertical tillage, strip till, zone till, GPS, everything that's uh, making no-till work much better than it has in the past. Excellent. And so how did you get the idea to do this podcast? Well, we have another magazine that goes to farm equipment dealers, and we've had a really successful series of podcasts there on how they made their businesses work, how they did it. It was really popular, and we got the idea that we could do something similar for our no-till readers. Nice. And so you've been doing print for a long time. What made you choose the podcast format for this project? Well, I'm an old man, and you're right. I've done print forever. I guess I've been writing for magazines more than 40 years. But we've always had the idea that we wanted to be a total information source for all our people. And we've got magazines, newsletters, books, reports in the no-till area. But we started a daily email newsletter eight, 10 years ago, so we could be in contact with no-tillers every day of the week. And then we do a summary on Sunday so they can get more information for us. And they just keep asking for more, go in depth. In a podcast or a webinar, some technical things to let you really go into depth. For instance, if you're banding uh, fertilizer, you could, we can spend an hour talking about ideas from farmers on how to do this. You got much more room and much more time and uh, effort can go into really getting in depth on something. Very nice. Yeah, well, I love podcasts, so I think it's a great idea. So in your years covering no-till practices for the magazine, I imagine you've heard some stories of innovations that perhaps developed in unexpected ways. Can you share one of those? Yeah, I, I think I'll start to be a little broader because in the early days, we started a no-till farmer in 1972, and the technology for drills and planters wasn't there. And farmers uh, in the early days, and in fact, there's a couple chapters in the book about how farmers built their own drills and their planters just because there wasn't anything really available. And the, and the major manufacturers at the time thought all you got to do is take a regular planter or drill and stick a colder in front of it, and it's ready for no-till. Well, it proved that wasn't right to do. And we've got to the point now where we've got planters and drills and air seeders that have been built strictly for no-till. Now, not so much for the manufacturers. They're still kind of behind the curve, but the short-line manufacturers have come out with uh, special items. A couple things that have come out of no-till over the years is strip-till and vertical till. Zone tillage was around for a, a long time, but there, there's a guy that I know, a farmer in Australia, big-time farmer, got 47,000 acres of wheat, barley, and chickpeas. 
He's got a, a cedar that's 212 feet wide, and he's seeding 2,500 acres a day in a really dry area, and is relying on no-till to get the most out of every single inch of rain that falls, and there's not much that falls in those areas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a moment, but first a word about our sponsor, Ingersoll and Agua Solutions, for helping us get this exciting new podcast off the ground and free to all our subscribers. You can learn more about this seedbed specialist at www.ingersollltillage.com. So that's ingersolltillage.com. You've seen so much over the years. What has kept you so fired up about it? Well, I kind of got in on the ground floor. I mean, it was just getting started in 1972. We did some uh, surveys at that time and figured there were about 3.2 million acres of no-till that year. It's grown today. As we get into 2019, there's over 100 million acres. But it's just that the no-tillers, it was something that was really neat. We were saving fuel. We were saving labor. We were saving costs. We were saving equipment investments. We were saving soil. And it's just a neat idea that's kind of caught on. And I, I'm really delighted to have been around since it really got started and see it keep going on. Seems to me like you're really an influencer yourself. So yeah. that's really awesome. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so one more question. As the original editor of No-Till Farmer, you've followed a lot of industry trends, some of which you've just mentioned. Where do you see No-Till going in the next few years? Well, I think we're going to see more people start to use no-till because uh, equipment costs are getting out of line in conventional tillage, even minimum tillage. We need to make better use of the rainfall we have, and no-till helps conserve rain. No longer is there a yield reduction for using no-till, which is really interesting there because in most years in the National Corn Growers Association yield contest, no-tillers will have the highest yields. I've asked people, why is this true? And they say, well, the no-tillers are the real innovators. They're willing to try new ideas. Mm -hmm. They're not happy with what they're doing now. They want to do better during the next year. We're going to see more acres. We're going to see more use of cover crops more use of precision ag, GPS, everything. When you can go through a field and show an area that's getting 20 bushel more per acre than another area. And uh, sustainability, we're gonna be able to trace food products back to the field that they were raised in. And if we're gonna be able to feed the growing population of people around the world, we're gonna have to have more no-till, mm -hmm. particularly in some areas like Africa, which are really, really dry. They get hardly any precipitation and no-till can conserve every drop of water that falls. Wow, well thank you. And now in another first round here, we'll take a moment now to answer some no-till listener emails that we've already received since the no-till history book was released. And today's question is, Frank, when you launched the National No-Tillage Conference in 1993, how did you know the time was right? We had talked about doing this for a couple years. We got involved with some other projects. We'd bought another magazine and it kind of sat on the shelf. And in um, summer of 1992, Monsanto announced that they were gonna do some no-till conferences around the country. And they did four or five and they put lots of money behind it and everything. And I decided if we're ever gonna do this national no-tillage conference, we can't wait. We gotta do it right now. So we did it. 
And a credit to Monsanto is they were a sponsor of our National No Tillage Conference from year one. They, they were a loyal sponsor for a number of years for us. And I remember Howard Doster, who was an ag economist at Purdue University, spoke at our first conference. And he told me he was afraid that Monsanto would put us out of business. Now, it didn't happen. Monsanto ran these for three or four years, put a ton of money into it, and then they stopped running them. And then, but we had, we had gotten here early. And what really made it work was that we had a program that had no suppliers, hardly any suppliers on the program. It was all farmers and some researchers. And there was no perception of somebody trying to sell something. That, that really made it work for us. And I always remember there was a guy at uh, Monsanto, Bruno Alisi, and he was in charge of their conservation tillage programs. And at least twice, we would no, normally invoice the sponsors the 1st of December and say, you can pay this either in the, before the end of the year or you can put it off to the new year, whatever your budgets can. And on several occasions, he called me in September and said, Frank, I want you to invoice me tomorrow because I know I'm going to get my budget cut and I do not want to lose sponsorship of the National No Tillage Conference. We'd like your participation in our listener emails and questions. If you have a question about the no-till movement or no-till history, or you'd like to ask us or any of our upcoming guests, simply email them to me at listenermail at notillfarmer.com. And if you like what you heard today on this podcast, check out our new book, From Maverick to Mainstream, A History of No-Till Farming. For more on the intriguing story of no-till, check out the Maverick to Mainstream book at www.notillfarmer.com slash history and there's a hyphen in No-Till Farmer on that one. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Frank Lesseter of No-Till Farmer and Lesseter Media signing out on No-Till Influencers and Innovators. There you have it. The new No-Till Farmer podcast, Influencers and Innovations, featuring the personal stories of Frank Lesseter, who has intimately covered no-till farming since 1972. A new episode in this series will be released twice a month and will be in addition to the original No-Till Farmer podcast. So now two No-Till Farmer podcasts will be ongoing, with a new one being released every week. Frank's podcast is different from our other one in several ways, including more entertainment than normal, but something else we're building into each episode is listener email, and we want your participation. If you have a question about the no-till movement, no-till history, or anything surrounding the people and innovations that you'd like to ask us or any of our upcoming guests, email us at listenermail at notillfarmer.com. All of us learn as much from the questions asked as we do the answers, so send them our way. We're counting on you. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Ingersoll and AgriSolutions, for helping us get this exciting new podcast series off the ground and keep it free to all of our subscribers. Ingersoll specializes in seedbed solutions. Whatever seedbed challenges you have, Ingersoll can give you the right tools to get the job done. You can visit them at www.ingersolltillage.com. And before we go, make sure you don't miss the latest installment in the series. You can subscribe to this series for free and get automatic updates on each of the next episodes available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Thanks for joining us.